0: and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. A slightly different show for us this weekend, as there aren't nearly as many games for us to talk about. Those of us that listened on Friday will already know that, of course, as the Championship are on an international break. What's slightly different to normal is actually quite a few games in League One were also postponed due to the sheer amount of international call-ups from around the globe. That being said, we still have 11 games in League Two and two in League One for us to talk about over the next hour. As always, you can stay expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews, and in fact, even more interviews than normal due to the slightly shortened schedule. So with that in mind, let's jump straight into the first game in League One, Exeter City 1, Leighton Orient. Two, Leighton Orient came from behind to record a deserved win at former League 1 leaders Exeter, thanks to Rul Sotero's stoppage time winner. Orient started well, with Omar Beckel striking the crossbar inside the first seven minutes, and then Sotiru side-footed wide from six yards when an Exeter clearance fell right at his feet. Idris El Mazzouni forced Grecians keeper Gary Woods into a smart save, as Exeter, missing several players through injury and international duty, failed to assert themselves. However, the home side broke the deadlock in spectacular fashion in the 49th minute when 16-year-old debutant Jake Richards lobbed the ball forwards and Dimitri Mitchell allowed it to bounce before lashing in a stunning 20-yard half-volley over the head of Sol Brin, which went in off the underside of the crossbar. Orient levelled six minutes later, though, as Joe Piggott was allowed to chest down a cross and fire a shot into the bottom corner from 10 yards. Orient defender Brandon Cooper forced Woods into a flying save with a shot from 20 yards, while Mitchell headed a good chance wide for Exeter. But late, Orient won it two minutes into stoppage time, when Sotteru was afforded too much space 25 yards out, and his low shot fell, flew past Woods and into the bottom corner. With that, we'll have our first interview of the night, and we'll listen to Grecian's boss, Gary Caldwell. Gary, a late 2-1 defeat here
1: to Leighton Orient. Your thoughts on the result?
2: Yeah, really disappointing result. Disappointing performance o- overall. We just couldn't get going at any point in the match. Uh, and we got what we deserved really late in the morning, deserved to win the game. We could have been a few goals down in the first half uh, and it was a disappointing performance. But I just said to the players in there, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get overly cross with them. I think they've been fantastic. Uh, they've given so much and this was a game where we dropped below the standards we've set, and we have to take that bump in the road and and do something about it next
1: week. It must be tough when you lose two starters to international duty, but then when you know other regulars go down with injury in training, it must make it even harder for you.
2: Yeah, it does. But people have to take that opportunity, and that's where you know when we train and we we try and set standards daily that they players have to be ready for that moment. I don't know when that moment is going to come. They have to be ready every single week for. You know, to, to produce a performance, and we obviously lost the the finished boys, but uh, we had an injury to Ads on Wednesday. Vinny picked up a, a slight injury on Tuesday that meant he missed it. So, you know, those were obviously made made it difficult in terms of the the finishers that we could bring on and, and try and change the game. And I don't think we'll finish a game again this season with the team that we had on the park. But that can't be an excuse. We we have to, as a squad, cope cope with those situations a little bit better and. And overall our performance has to be better.
1: It's probably safe to say that we were lucky to go in level at the break and we, but we came out strongly and took the lead with a pretty outrageous goal from Demi. I mean is it more frustrating that we didn't kind of capitalise on that and then it was level within the next sort of five minutes?
2: Yeah the whole game I'm, I'm hoping something sparks us into life. We had the two water breaks, we had half time to try and change things and, and try and affect the players mentality and, and the way they were in, in the game but we didn't manage to do that. I thought the goal might have done that and sparked us into life and it didn't really. There wasn't a change in, in performance at any point. I think the goal was just a you know, a special moment uh, but it was an individual moment within the game and that didn't even get us going and we still look second best in, in every area. So, like I said, it's, it's football. We have to dust ourselves down. We have to learn from it and we have to come back again next week stronger.
1: And after only conceding two goals so far in the league, did the manner of how we conceded those two goals kind of hurt you
2: the most every time you lose a goal it's disappointing every time you lose a goal you can pick you know holes in it and and uh, we will do that next week we will analyze when we win we analyze and try and get better and and it's no different when we lose it's you know a little bit harder because nobody likes losing games but I think we've been very consistent in how we've behaved with the players you know since I've came into the club win or lose we we look to try and improve and be better so we'll do the same again next week
1: Jake Richards seemed a bright spark in midfield. sitting you know, making your debut at 16 in League One is quite an achievement for him.
2: Yeah, I felt for him a little bit up against Prattley, a seasoned campaigner and a very good footballer, uh, playing in a team that wasn't playing anywhere near what we've played this season. But he was a bright spark. He's a 16-year-old boy with a, a huge future. And I thought, you know, in a, in a difficult day, he coped really well. So so he can be proud of his day's work.
1: You know, word on the crowd as well. I mean, you've mentioned it before, but, you know, even when they equalised and went behind, the crowd didn't turn on the players. They were really trying to get them back in the game as well, so I guess we thank them for that.
2: Yeah, they're always with us, this stadium. I've said it before about the positivity, and even when we're playing poorly, they, they try and get the team going. They were singing second half, but you know it was a, a warm day for them as well you know to, to sit in the sun all day, and even their efforts and their energy to try and get the players going couldn't, so uh, it's one of the days we have to take it and, and move on.
1: We're back here again next Saturday as well against Cheltenham will be another tough game. Do you anticipate you'll have any back people back from injury for that one?
2: We hope so. We'll work hard. The medical team will work hard this week and uh, we'll work with the players we've got to to try and get a team that's that's ready and, and can go and produce a better performance today and, and try and win a game. It's, it's part of football. You have to deal with, with setbacks and you have to uh, learn from them and improve and I'm sure we'll do that next week.
1: You brought in Jack Fitzwall last week and Sean McDonald today do you anticipate any more incoming so free agents over the next week
2: potentially yeah we're, we're still looking at a, a few different options and, and hopefully we can either get injuries back or, or potentially bring other players in but the challenge with the other players coming in like has happened to adds is they're not fully up to speed where with we pre-season and games and we have to manage those players very carefully or we run the risk of injuring them as well so we'll keep looking and, and keep trying to improve the squad if we can
1: and I guess finally just for you is it a Looking for a reaction from the players next week, and the ones who maybe wouldn't have started normally, you want to see them really show you why they should be starting games.
2: Yeah, I I think when we play a sixteen-year-old boy, then then it shows if if you're training well and and you you show you can be in the team, then we're going to give people that opportunity. When you get that opportunity, you have to try and grab it. And you know, some players today didn't manage to do that. They will, you know, hopefully recover and, and come back on Monday ready to train hard to to show that they want another opportunity and. That's what will, will drive this club forward. If we keep creating that competition within the squad, then that will drive this club forward. So uh, you have to deal with, with
3: setbacks in football and you have to come back stronger, and I'm sure we will. Thank you, Gary.
0: Stevenage 2, Carlisle United 2. Stevenage moved to the top of League 1 despite Joe Garner's late header earning Carlisle a point. Jamie Reid, who bagged 14 goals last term, had seemingly secured three points for Stevenage with his double either side of Sean Maguire's equaliser. But Paul Simpson's side headed back to Cumbria with a point thanks to Garner's stoppage time leveller. Yoakal Anderson produced a string of fine saves in the visitors' goal but could not prevent Stevenage from taking the lead after 15 minutes. Reid firing at home after Carl Piergiani had flicked on Dan Butler's free kick from the halfway line. The hosts could have made it too soon afterwards, as Jordan Roberts' volley was kept out by Anderson. Parity was restored five minutes later, when Sean Maguire tucked home Jack Armour's upfield punt, with a deflected shot in after the aftermath of Stevenage assistant Paul Rayner was booked for descent. Anderson produced another fine stop to keep out Charlie McNeil's effort on the half-hour mark, and it was again five minutes before the break, as he denied Reed a second with his feet. After the break, Piazzani met Butler's corner only for his header to cannon off the bar. The defender then went close and was thwarted by an inspired Anderson. Reid doubled his tally as he fired the host in front again, with 16 minutes to go before being denied a hat-trick by none other than, of course, the Icelandic keeper, Jürgen Anderson. Those saves proved vital, as Garner secured a share of the spoils with his last cast header, but Stevenage still went top after Leighton Orient, of course, scored their late winner at previous leaders, Exeter. With that in mind, we'll have another interview, and we'll listen to Stevenage boss, Steve Evans.
1: I'm Steve, top of League One, congratulations, but I'm sure you would much rather have done it with a win. i will get no interest in top of League
4: One. We played very well today. We gave away two of the worst goals that a team can concede, and a team deserving of nothing yet, a share of the spoils. So that dressing room is flat, and they'll stay flat because we need to learn. And we do learn when there's a draw. And despite a good performance, individuals have to take responsibility for when we praise them. And they're lucky tonight because I won't name them. But it's two shambolic pieces of defending. So
1: your um, defensive fault rather than an no, offside say, for the I
4: first one. Did I say you defend? Did I say you defence? No. But well, was the defender conceded no, no, no. the second one? Have right. a look. Right. Um, the first one suspicion
1: of offside.
4: It is offside. Right. But the goalkeeper should then deal with it, shouldn't he? Right. Goalkeeper's further back than Sainsbury's from here, um, so he should deal with it. But. He's a young goalkeeper that we think highly of and he'll, he'll learn from that, I'm sure.
1: Um but I mean you stuck at it given the conditions in the second half. Um mm. chance after chance. Chance after it, chance, it, off the line, it, it, off the line. It, yeah.
4: Hitting the hitting the woodwork, which was it, Jimmy he'd get two, you take he'd take some plaudits, but you mm. five or six. Yeah. Um so um that's not the standards that you need as level of the game, or we win the game. So but we're hot tonight and we're real hot. No plaudits for me being top of the league with people all around you have got games at hand so I don't listen to that nonsense. That
1: was before me that nonsense. Um Weather, I mean it's obviously the same for both sides. How much of an influence was the no, temperature today? No. Absolutely
4: no. We're one nil up. If we get the second we win here by as big a margin as we possibly have won this season. I think we just needed the second goal mm. and then we're a shambles. Give away a goal and it, and it, give, it give the Carlisle lads some oxygen when they were struggling to find any. Not just because of the heat because of our performance. Now I think second half an apart from a. The odd ball over the top, I think it's domination and chance Mm -hmm. after chance Mm and entry into the final third, entry into the final third and we make some clear-cut chances. I think I look at the first half, McBride should score, Reid should score, look at the second half, Pierre Jani's unlucky, Um, Reid should score two more, Kid Emming should score keep going kind of. mm, mm. I don't see them missing any chances
1: mm. I mean that keeper's had a great game in fairness one of yours from last season but obviously <laughs> you, you will feel they should have been stuck in well Big Yugi never done that for
4: us but um, but no so he's a he's a great lad he's a very enthusiastic lad I'm not pleased for us but I'm yeah. pleased for them because he had, a, he had a broken arm when he left us and he's gone away and, and he, he's burst back with a, a really good performance but we can't miss the level of guilt his chances that we missed today doesn't matter who's in goal. Mm.
1: Um, quick on P and That was a also an ongoing issue. Was just a cut under the chin. Yeah,
4: just a cut under the chin. Just a lot of elbow on his chin. That's allowed. Mm-hmm. That's allowed in the game, isn't it? You know, he's allowed to be manhandled all over the pitch, and uh, and he doesn't get anything going his favour. So, but he's a warrior, and, he, and he'll certainly lead us next week, subject to nothing happening ill towards in the week. Thank you.
0: So, what has that done to the League One table? Well, you'd think that nothing much would have changed, but after seven games played, for these four teams in particular, we have a new leader at the top of League One. That is Stevenage, with 14 points from seven games. Second place sit Bolton, with 13 points, and more importantly, with a game in hand. Exeter are on the same goal difference as Bolton and the same points, but have dropped to third, having played one game more. At the other end, Leighton Orient's last gas winner has pushed them up to 16th, level on points with 15th place Northampton, and Carlisle's point has pulled them slightly further away from the drop, as they are in 19th, with 6 points from 7 games.
5: Visit our website www.ajwakely.com for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913.
0: And now, potentially the earliest we've ever seen them in a single show, we move on to League Two. So we will start with Bradford City 1, Grimsby Town 1, Substitute Alex Gilliard's late leveller salvaged a point for Bradford, at home to Grimsby. The away side enjoyed much the better of the opening period and deservedly went ahead when Danny Rose headed home Toby Bilarkey's delivery from the right-hand side. Bantam's boss Mark Hughes switched to a 4-4-2 at the break, but while his side improved, they continued to struggle to create clear-cut chances and look set to fall to a first home defeat of the season. However, with two minutes to go, Gillyard controlled Bobby Poynton's pass and drilled a low shot across Jake Eastwood and into the Mariners' goal from 18 yards out. Victory would have lifted the away side, who remained without a win at Valley Parade since 1997, up to second in the table, but the draw was enough to move them to eighth. Bradford are 14th and have scored just five goals in their seven league games so far this campaign. Let's listen to Bradford boss Mark Hughes. Gaffer, point of peace this afternoon, what are your thoughts on the game
6: overall? Um, we were great in the first half, uh, I think we have to acknowledge that. We, we talked all week and, and worked all week on, on having a high press and committing to the press and making sure that we were going to make it difficult for them to to advance the ball forward. But for whatever reason, maybe the weather, I don't know, but um, we needed to commit more uh, people and, and just... Have that energy to our play that would enable us to get to people as the ball's arriving, and um, and initially we just took uh, the easy option, and then uh, they had quite comfortable possession for a long period, and um, that's not what the the game plan was. So um, we had to change it around, um, change it in the first half, just went with two up top, and and Bobby tucked in uh, in the number ten position, but it didn't really affect. The game to any great extent so we had to go a little bit more radical. We took a centre-half off and went forward at the back and that helped us, got two wingers to, to stop their full-backs getting on the ball and we were a lot better for it so second half, delighted with what we did I thought so we're on the front foot for pretty much the whole of the second half, scored a good goal, um, had some decent moments and, and good performances obviously from a number of individuals in that second half so uh, yeah deserved the goal, deserved least the point if not more just to be just able to just on the back of the second half really
7: yeah to be able to play with a few bits maybe at half time when like you say maybe it's not working and do what we did in the second half it must be good in terms of our versatility and encouraging in that sense
6: well yeah I mean you've got to recognize what the issue is and um, it was clear clear to me I've seen it so many times in my career that uh, at times when People have too much uh, comfortable possession in wider areas. Then you've you've got to address that and, and affect that. And it's quite a simple change really, uh, enabled us just to get it on the front foot again. A um, number of players look more comfortable, more threatening. Um, I thought we did okay. That the lads that came on, uh, I think in the end we, we had something like f- four home debuts, which is a lot. So we 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 are lacking senior players at the moment and. Uh, I think that had a little to do with how we uh, how we went about that first half. We just needed a little bit more um devilment and a little bit more nouse really to understand what was what was happening. But uh, second half I thought um change helped them and we got on the front foot and, and the lads that came on did really well. Um obviously Ray and, and Chiz I thought came on to good effect and obviously Gilly scored a goal. Um I thought he was really productive with Bobby on that side as well, Bobby I uh, had a great debut, wasn't planning really on giving him 90, we were still trying to protect him to a certain extent, but uh, in fairness, his, his output and his creative play was, was something we needed, so uh, credit to the young kid, I thought he was excellent today.
7: It should prove beneficial shouldn't it in the long run, you mentioned the debuts and maybe the lads being in unfamiliar surroundings to begin with the amount of new players we had on the pitch but going forward they should be better for it. And well, yeah yeah, be
6: for yeah it? you need to get the, the first appearance out of the way and then it's, it's mm. not unfamiliar to you and you can uh, recognise what needs to be done and, and what needs to be done better next time so um, yeah, it's it's important that uh, we've got uh, the players that we've we've got on board, we, we need to get them up to speed quickly so We've got good options. We've got senior players missing, obviously, but uh, we've got good options, and um, we'll get the right balance, I'm sure.
7: Still unbeaten at home. Another home game to look forward to next weekend. I guess it's a case of going one step further and making sure we we keep this run going at home.
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, first half wasn't great, but second half, like I said, it's um, it's about building and and being better every time you play here. And uh, our first two performances obviously got us maximum points. We've got a point come back from uh, being able to go down again which shows the character of the group so um, things just need to settle down uh, on the injury front, uh, we just need a little bit of a break uh, from little needles that we're picking up and get a couple of the senior guys back to, to help us
0: and uh, we'll be fine. Accrington Stanley 0, Mansfield Town 3. Aaron Lewis scored a spectacular 40-yard volley to maintain Mansfield's unbeaten start to the League 2 campaign with a 3-0 win over Accrington. Lewis got the ball straight from Toby Savin's clearance on 75 minutes and hit it first time into the far corner to net to complete the scoring as the Stags moved up to third in the league. Now of course, We always recommend uh, that people always listen to excellent radio shows, none other than, of course, the EFL Review. But you must check out on social media the goal of this one. You really have to see it to truly believe it. Mansfield had two shots on target in the first half and also took them both. They opened the scoring after 29 minutes when James Gale's ball into the opening box was chested down by Davis Keeler Dunn. And his superb overhead kick found the top of the net. It was two on 36 minutes when Keeler Dunn turned provider, his low cross being fired home by George Maris from eight yards. Stanley's Jack Nolan had a long-range strike saved by Christy Pym in added time in the first half, while just after the restart, Savin denied Maris a second. It was an action-packed second half, with Pym forced into a fierce Josh Andrews strike, and Nolan could only put the follow-up over the bar, while substitute Hiram Boateng fired narrowly wide for the Stags. Then came the Lewis Wonder goal to seal three points for Mansfield. Let's listen to Ackerton Stanley boss, John Coleman.
3: John, what's your verdict? Home defeat, 3-0 to an unbeaten Mansfield team. I don't think we have any complaints. I think we were the architects of our own downfall. We, um,
8: we conceded probably when we were on top. Shade him. we should have gone 1-0 up. Josh's head at the far post. Um, but once they scored, they were the better team. I don't know if we can have, we can hide that or try and gloss over it. What I will say is we worked right to the end. We give our all right to the end. Um, but you know they, they got the second goal too easily for my liking. And then we made some poor decisions. And then when we get back on top in the second half and we miss a good chance, and then we give them the, which the third which turns the lights out on us. And you know that was a, it was a great goal from our lad's point of view, but a horrendous one from ours. You know, so avoidable, sloppy play, sloppy build-up play. Toby so he knows he can't go into a danger area there when he's leaving an open goal. and Unfortunately, has and the lads, buried, it was a great finish. And then after that, they don't have comfortable winners. Um, so, I don't think we can have any complaints. I've seen a lot of games like that. Um, and a lot of hinges on the first goal. And unfortunately for us, they got it.
3: Would it be fair to say that all three of the goals, you'll look at things that you could have done a lot better, but uh, you, you, you can't do anything about the quality of the finish?
8: I think you can You can say that about every goal that's scored. You can always chase it back to a fault. But, you know, we didn't deal with the first ball in for the first goal. And it's a good finish by the lad, you know, he's sort of side overhead kick volley. I just wish one of our players would be diving there to it. Just like I wish Jack Nolan would have dive in instead of putting it over the bar. You do that, they don't score. You get a foul. Um, unfortunately, we didn't. And you know they they were worthy winners well, in it.
3: Would it be fair to say you lacked a bit of quality in the final third?
8: Well, you know, on the balance of play, they've had they've scored three goals, and have had our keepers made one save. Their keepers made three saves. Um, so they've been more clinical than us. But I think you can, you can master over it better than us. They control the game once they went 2-0 up. We had a little bit of a spell where we got back into it in the second half. And then we masters of our own downfall. Or architects of our own downfall. And we, we we turned the lights off at 3-0, which was a, a totally avoidable goal.
3: You've ended up playing a huge amount of added time because of an incident with a spectator well, in the crowds. The, the one
8: good thing about today is that it's not serious. Well, I hope it's not serious, but I have had a conversation with the with the gentleman in, in question. I feared for the worst when when the ball hit him and when he keeled over and smashed his head. My heart sank. I feared for the worst, and you know I just wish him a speedy recovery. It was great to see him talking in there, um, and we haven't. We, hopefully, we'll avoid It would have been a
3: major disaster. It puts football into context a bit, doesn't it? Of course it
8: does. Of course it does, but you know our fans deserve better at home. I don't think any fan can or any of the coaching staff can be disappointed with the effort that was put in because it was put in. You know, there's no getting away from that. Just a lot, little bit misguided. We didn't deal with going behind, which is a problem that plagued us last season, and that's we've got to toughen up in that in that respect. Uh, but we're certainly not going to make any excuses.
3: Is it good that you have got a home game next? So
8: you at five o'clock next week.
3: Um, we talked about Jay Bagalou in the build-up. Sixty odd minutes today came off. Looked like he was feeling his his knee. What's the situation?
8: Does not not when he gets kicked on it? Does it?
3: Um, uh, we just have to see. How he is. It's going to be an area of concern for him. Is is that natural that he's he's gone through what he's gone through that he'll be he'll be sort of hypersensitive to that?
8: Yeah, of course it will. But if you get kicked, you can't stop someone kicking you in the knee, which is what happened today. So, sure. you know, you're, apparently you're allowed to. And I,
3: and I think the, the plan is to get Joe Pritchard back involved in, in terms of getting some game time in, a, in another 23s game in, in the week. How
0: significant a milestone is that?
8: Oh, Joe's involved next Saturday.
0: Colchester United 2, Tranmere Rovers nil. Colchester claim their first home win of the season by beating struggling tranmere. The home side took an 11th minute lead through Joe Taylor, who dinked the ball pass keeper Luke McGee, and Arthur Reed had picked out the striker's run with a superb pass. Tramere almost responded immediately when Dan Pike's effort was parried by goalkeeper Owen Goodman. McGee then denied Noah Chilvez and Jaden Fevrier, while Samson Tavide fired into the side netting for the hosts. Rovers were a whisker away from equalising deep into the first half stoppage time when Sam Taylor's excellent first-time volley flew inches wide. McGee denied both Fevrier and Tavide once again, before substitute Charlie Jolly fired wastefully wide for Tramere after being picked out by Taylor. United sealed their win in the 87th minute through Bob Bradley Eovonian, who converted on the line after fellow substitute John Akinde's deflected effort had looped into his path. To make matters worse for Trambier, Ian Dawes was sacked on Sunday following this defeat. Crawley Town 4, Newport County 1. Adam Campbell scored twice as Crawley Town ended a three-game winless streak in League 2 by thumping in-form Newport County. Campbell also claimed an assist as he teed up Nick Tazarula to beat Newport keeper Nick Townsend at the near post early on. Exile striker Omar Bogle quickly replied with a precise 20-yard finish. But Campbell's second-half double and a long-range Ben Gladwin strike secured a victory for Crawley. Campbell's first goal came when Ronan Darcy's drive was parried by Townsend as he drilled in the rebound. The of signing from Gateshead then claimed his third goal for the club with a fine finish from just outside the box. Gladwin round off a fine day for the home side when his low drive found the bottom corner. Crawley now jumped to 10th in the table, while Newport dropped from 6th to 13th after a first defeat in four League Two games. Speaking of four, Forest Green Rovers won, Crew Alexander 4. Crew made it back-to-back League Two wins with a convincing 4-1 comeback victory away to Forest Green. Goals from Chris Long, Elliot Nevitt and an eighth-minute brace from Courtley Baker Richardson saw the railwaymen clinch all three points in a fine second-half display. Reese Brown opened the scoring for Forest Green, but the visitors turned on the style after the break to record a comfortable win. Reese Welsh was denied a point-blank range following a corner, but Brown took full advantage as he slammed home the loose ball after 35 minutes. Rovers failed to deal with a bouncing ball and Long capitalised as he drove into the area and slid under keeper Luke Daniels to level matters. Baker Richardson then powered home a Joel Tabiner corner, directed towards the near post just after the hour mark as Crewe took the lead. Baker Richardson added a third as he hammered home a right-footed effort from the edge of the area after Rovers failed to clear after 69 minutes. While Long drove to the byline and did a low cross for Substitute Nevitt to tap home a fourth for the rampant visitors. Gillingham won, Harrogate Town 0. Sean Williams was Gillingham's last match winner as his stoppage time strike snatched a 1-0 victory over a gutsy Harrogate. Williams lashed home a rebound, and Shandrak Oji's initial effort was blocked to send his side top of the table in the 95th minute. The victory was the hosts' fifth league win of the season, and helped them bounce back from two straight defeats. The Gills went close, uh, very close early on, when Williams fired narrowly over the top from 20 yards. The hosts continued to press, and George Lapsley rose to meet Scott Malone's cross, only to head inches wide. Macaulay Bond planted a header off-target for Gillingham before Harrogate threatened just before half-time when Kane Ramsey lashed an effort clear of the crossbar. After the restart, Gillingham keeper Jake Turner produced a smart stop to deny George Thompson. The hosts replied with Lapsley drilling in a low effort off-target. The sweltering conditions appeared to be taking their toll on both teams in the latter stages, while there was a lengthy hold-up as Towns' Sam Follerin left the field on a stretcher. But Williams' instinctive strike won the game six minutes into added time. AFC Wimbledon 1, Stockport County 2. Will Collar struck the winner with his first goal of the season, as Stockport came from behind to defeat AFC Wimbledon and end the host's unbeaten start in the league. It was only the Hatter's second victory in seven games in the campaign as they indicated the hangover from losing last year's playoff final might finally be wearing off. Wimbledon broke through after 32 minutes when Josh Davison managed to escape his marker to touch in former Glover James Tilley's corner and open his account for the season. A superb break by Ezekiel Lefe led to an equaliser for Stopwart five minutes after the restart as he rolled the ball into the path of Louis Barry who finished crisply into the bottom corner. The Hatters then completed the turnaround in the 62nd minute when Barry got in behind down the left before his cutback was finished into the top corner by Collar. Tilly almost rescued a point for the Dons in the ninth minute of stoppage time but could only shoot into the side netting from Omar Boghiel's set-up. Let's listen to Stockport County striker Louis Barry.
3: Louis, congratulations. That
1: feels like a really big three-point on the road.
0: Yeah, it is. Um... I feel like this is what
7: we deserved. The last few games have been lucky for us. We haven't, um, we've not We only got one win this season. Uh, I think we really dug in today, to be fair. I think we didn't play better than the other games. We haven't picked up points, but we dug in. Uh, we obviously got the two goals in the second half and killed off the game, really. I don't remember them having any chances, only their goal, I think. And obviously, in their last second, my heart was in my mouth. But <laughs> obviously, I think we deserved that, that, that look. Um, now we've got three points and now back on the road What was the message from the manager at half-time because you say you came out in that second half and showed some, some real resilience I think um, the gaffer uh, supports us and he believes in us and he's just telling us at half-time was like, we're good players we're better than these we're, better than, we're good enough to get out of the division by winning the champ- being champions um, so it's just giving us belief, giving us saying you can win this game easily if you just put your mind to it. We're a bit, I felt like we were a bit passive in the first half. We had some good moves, but um, obviously a sloppy goals, you can see. But the second half was much better, much more attacking. They couldn't handle this in the second half. I felt like we could have got more goals as well. So yeah. Four goals in four games for you now. How good are you feeling right now? How confident are you feeling and how much are you enjoying it? Yeah, as I say, when I first came here... Um, my one goal was to get the stats up, obviously help the team promotion, but get the stats up, which didn't really I didn't really see last season, and that was what I, I my personal goal was to, to do. Um, so yeah, I'm buzzing now. I'm able to help the team with a four and four. Um, yeah, long mate, continue hopefully.
3: Tell us about the goal as well. Great little <laughs> bit of work from from Tantel to set you
7: up. Yeah, it's all in Tanto, To be fair. It's just really hard worker, he's such a tough guy as well, um, quite close with him so I feel like that builds the bond up in, in, in front. Um, but yeah, it's all all about Tanto, that it was a good finish but he went through everyone and then he had a chance to score himself, it was unselfishly passed it to me and I'll put it in, so yeah, I'll give it to Tanto. And do you feel
3: that, that partnership developing with him now on the pitch as well as off it?
7: Yeah, yeah, I feel, uh, even with Paddy, I feel like um, we bounce off each other, me and Tanto are quite similar. Um, but I feel like that does bounce off each other. Sometimes I can't, that can't, that doesn't work, but I feel like me and him uh, work well together. Um, obviously, he, he runs at a player, makes a tie, then we stimp, because at the second half we swapped over, I went on the right, he went on the left, and then there's different challenges to um, different challenges for the centre-backs. They didn't know what to expect, so yeah, it was a, it was a good game. I it. And I guess the message now
1: going forward is, is to really use this as a, a springboard going into that
7: game at okay, K Don's next week. Yeah, as you say, these are these have conceded, I think, four in, in, in this season. This season, we've came in and scored two against them and, and beat them. So that, that doesn't give you confidence them. I don't know what does. I think we're better than any team. Lines have come down from the league, one the top of the league. But I feel like we can beat them easily if we put if we put our uh, performance that I think we, can we have. So, yeah, I feel like we do that. And nobody can beat us in this league. So if we had the confidence to do so, then be
0: we'll everyone. beat everyone. Well done, Taylor. Cheers, thank you. On to the top-of-the-table clash, Milton Keynes-Dons won, Notts County won. Carl Cameron's excellent equaliser stretched Notts County's unbeaten run to six league games in an entertaining draw at MK Dons. The top two in the league at kickoff shared the spoils at Stadium MK after Cameron cancelled out Daniel Harvey's opener. The opening half saw few opportunities beyond a saved Jonathan Lako effort for the hosts, but more chances came as the half continued, with the closest cur- seeing county's Macaulay Langstaff clearing the bar from close range. Within a minute of the restart, the Dons went in front. Harvey picked up Ethan Robson's pass, rang a long way down the left flank to the area and drilled a strike past Aidan Stone. County were on level terms after 67 minutes, with Cameron powering a low effort into the corner just minutes after he had seen a strike deflected wide. Don's keeper Craig McGilvery then made a great stop to deny Langstaff in added time, before Don's substitute Ellis Harrison should have won it, but failed to keep his own shot down as the points were shared. Salford City to one, Walsall two. Walsall came from behind to secure an impressive 2-1 lead to victory at stuttering Salford. Matt Sandler's improving visitors deserved their second straight win as they extended their unbeaten league run to four matches, while the Ammies have now lost four of their last five league games. Salford went ahead after 15 minutes when Matt Smith bundled the ball home from close range following Luke Bolton's angled cross into the box. The host came close to a second when debutant Declan John fired in a volley, which was blocked by a defender. Walsall's first decent opportunity came after 35 minutes, but Isaac Hutchinson struck a 20-yard free kick disappointingly over the top. Seconds before the interval, Walsall keeper Owen Evans produced a superb fingertip save to deny Stevie Milan. Walsall levelled just before the hour mark when Freddie Draper rose to meet Oshin McEntee's grass before powering home an unstoppable header. The visitors then notched a second with 15 minutes left to go. Draper's initial strike was beaten away by keeper Alex Cairns, but McKenty was perfectly placed to ram home the rebound. Evans saw superb... Uh, saved superbly, sorry, from substitute Marcus Backers, and Bolton late on, but Walsall hung on. Now, we always say they're entertaining. Swindon Town 5... Sutton United 3. Jake Young netted a first-half double, as Swindon beat Sutton 5-3 in a thriller at the county ground. League Two Player of the Month Young scored after five minutes when he drove into space and tucked home his shot at the near post. Swindon got their second 15 minutes later when Dan Kemp picked up a loose ball in the area and set up Jack Kane to curl into the corner of the net before Young netted his second after capitalising on some comical defending. Even more comical, you may argue, is that Young actually has more goals in a Swindon shirt than his parent club Bradford have all season. Sutton, managed to pull it back to 3-2 before the break, as Craig Clay dispatched from the top of the box before Ben Goodliffe turned home a long throw. Kemp looked to have won it for Swindon early in the second half as he scooped a shot over Jack Rose and in off the bar. Harry Smith made it a nervy finish when he was given space at the far post to turn the ball home. But substitute Rashane Hepburn Murphy scored a marvellous individual goal to seal the points three minutes from time. And finally, Wrexham 2, Doncaster Rovers 1. Elliot Lee scored a late Wrexham winner in a game which saw Paul Mullen return to action following his recovery from a punctured lung. Luke Young had put Wrexham ahead before the break as his deflected shot looped beyond Ian Lawler. Modu Fahl headed Doncaster Rovers' equaliser, his first goal since joining on loan from West Brom. Fahl met Joe Ironside's cross to level, but Lee claimed the points for Wrexham with another deflected strike. Striker Mullin, Wrexham's Player of the Year in the last two years, came on with a score at one all for his first appearance since he was injured during a pre-season friendly against Manchester United. Former Scottish international Stephen Fletcher also came off the bench for, hit for the home side following his arrival at the race course last Friday. Wrexham rose from 13th to 7th in the table, while Doncaster stayed bottom. Let's listen to Wrexham boss Phil Parkinson. Phil Parkinson. A two-one victory today against Doncaster. Your reaction to the game?
5: i yeah, was so pleased with the result. It was a hard game. The conditions were really, really tough to play, in. reminded me of Yeovil away last year. It's probably one of the hottest conditions the lads have played in. Kind of dictated the intensity of the game. It's always going to be a slower-paced game, um, but listen, it's about getting there in the end with a moment of quality from Elliot Lee, and the lads have dug deep again and, and showed character. The subs have made a, a good impact for us, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a great three points. As ever, that never
7: say die attitude has come in fruition once again with Elliot getting the goal at the death.
5: Yeah, got inside, jinked inside, is it shot a low and deflected past the keeper. And, and it's a big moment for us. And um, you know, I think obviously we can be better. There's times today where we didn't get enough passes in to take this thing out of the game on a hot day and, and didn't get up the normal control we'd like to get on the ball. But I think the conditions kind of dictated that a little bit. Um, so listen. Sometimes about rolling your sleeves up and, and making sure you come off the pitch with a result and the lads have done that today A different kind of humidity of course, but having the preseason tour in America does that kind of help in preparation for a day like today? Uh, well listen, we, we played in some hot conditions, obviously a lot of evening games over there which is a slight difference A lot of the stadiums were, were shaded over, uh, today was stiflingly hot, and, but listen In the UK you've got to play in the hot, the rain, the snow, the wind and you've got to make sure you win in, in every different type of game in all different conditions, and that's what the, the long marathon of the season is all about. And, and we've done that today.
7: Luke Young opened the score, and it was a bouncing ball in the area, but albeit another deflected goal, but still showed the attitude to get there and get his first touch on the ball to get Yeah, into and
5: a good cross from, from Liam and, and uh, Barney's in, in on the back stick, very important, uh, heading that ball back across, and something we've been speaking to the wing backs about. And you know, that's an important touch from Barney and, and Youngie. He has got that knack. He's good at arriving onto things and and hit the target and you've always got a chance at, uh, of scoring. In the second half, Paul Mullin came on for his first start of the season after recovering from injury. How good is it at having him back? Yeah, so pleased. You can see the lift in the stadium when he came on. Obviously, he's got work to do but he's getting stronger each day and um, you know, we've obviously missed him but the lads have done incredibly well. I feel like, well, we've been waiting for Moles to come back. Um, I thought Oli and Dolb's kind of got first ten minutes a little bit off the pace and then grew into the game both of them uh, and were a real handful again um, but it was nice you know and tired legs to put moles and Fletcher on. You mentioned Stephen Fletcher there a sign in yesterday how was it to get his first appearance in front of the Wrexham crowd? Yeah it was uh, you know I was contemplating whether to put him on the bench because obviously he's only trained Thursday a bit of the session and then Friday um, but I just said to him if you got 10-15 minutes in Yeah. how would your legs feel after the last two days because we only get him injured because um, you know he hasn't done a lot of training um, but you know, he said, "No, I'm, I feel I've got that in my legs." And I thought he gave us a huge lift when he came on, and and that showed some real quality. And today's fixture makes it six games unbeaten.
7: Shows the progression that the side has made since the start of the season.
5: Yeah, that's right. You know, the uh, um, that's important just to keep chipping away, and and we're doing that. You know, we're, we're feeling our way into the division. Like I have said last week, it was probably our our best all-round display. Um, today we had to dig deep and uh yeah obviously very pleased with, with the group you know we've got mclean coming back next week obviously we had a tough call because um mendy wasn't on international duty but on the training after the game on tuesday picked up a slight hamstring strain it is only very slight and then Fordy uh hurt his achilles in the game um so we had a fitness test he was out um so you know Maka came into that position and and i thought maca gave us everything you know you, you think look at Maka and he hasn't played a lot of football, um, but he played Tuesday and, and to go again in those difficult conditions. And, and one thing about Macca, he's a great squad player, a great player to have in the group um, day in, day out. And um, you know, the lads are delighted from the day that he's made a contribution.
0: So let's take a look at the League Two table. Almost all teams have now played seven matches apart from Swindon and Morecambe. I apologise also Barrow and Colchester. But that being said, we have a new leader at the league to, uh, top of League Two and with 15 points from seven matches, sit Gillingham. Notts County, following their draw with McDon's, have dropped to second with 14 points. Mansfield risen to third following their win against Accrington and therefore have an impressive goal difference and are only beating MK Don's as a result, also on 13 points. Three teams on 12 who sit in the remainder of the playoffs, Swindon Town, Crew Alexander and now Wrexham. Following off the rest of the table, three teams on 11 points. Barrow, who didn't play this weekend, Warsaw, and Crawley Town. Five teams on 10 points, sitting perfectly in mid-table. Wimbledon, Grimsby, Newport, Morecambe and Accrington. Bradford dropping to 16th with nine points from seven games and desperately needing some more goals. It's almost as if they had the lead to top scorer last year. Andy Cook, where are you? Eight points uh, for 17th place Stockport County, finally starting to turn around the hoodoo from earlier. Two teams on seven points, Salford City and Forest Green. Colchester in 20th, Harrogate and Tramere at 21st, also on six points, and then a gap. 22nd, Tramere Managerless, Tramere Rovers, Sutton United, and then Doncaster Rovers. But that brings us to the end of tonight's EFL review. I certainly hope you've enjoyed it, slightly shorter than normal. But don't worry, if you want to have any more listening to any great footballing content, make sure you go to Three Valleys Radio, where we have plenty of other exciting sporting podcasts. Plenty of football, but also uh, racing and cricket. But with that being said, I will see you this time next week. I'm away next Friday, and therefore we won't have a preview, although there won't have been any matches to happen, so it's not too much of an issue. I apologise anyway. But I'll be back on Monday as we see the return of the Championship, as well as a full complement of League One and League Two. Until then, have a lovely rest of your week. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.